0: It's exciting to win money. Back
1: out to Allen, history final. with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on?
0: Uh, Not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem, you're just an idiot.
1: And hey, we welcome you into Full Slate of Podcast by Degenerates, for Degenerates. My name is Greg Frank at Greg at G underscore Frank 6 on Twitter. It is the NFL playoffs as the regular season is behind us. And gosh, what is it now? As I do the math out loud, six games this week, four games next week, and then the conference championships and the Super Bowl adds another three. So 13 playoff games. Left uh, 13 football games left until the fall, but who's counting? As I bring in my guy Alex Uplinger at alex underscore up seven manages the podcast account at full underscore slate underscore pod. Alex, I say this every year, it is the perfect cure for the post holiday blues. The NFL playoffs are upon us.
0: Oh my god, I love it! I'm so excited, but now I'm kind of depressed after you said you know 13 games. I. I wasn't even really thinking about it like that, but when you break it down, that's not very much football left. And I'm kind no, of it's
1: not. And, uh, you know, this is why I've always said, we're both Northeast guys, this is why I've always said that February is my least favorite month of the year, because 12 of the 13 games that I just said are played in January. And yes, I understand it's the Super Bowl, and, you know, casuals, you know, have the Super Bowl parties, and, you know, halftime show, and everything that comes with the Super Bowl, maybe get a little more excited. But I think... For us, as people that, you know, bask in the sunlight of Scott Anson saying seven hours of commercial free football every Sunday. Like, there's always a little bit of uh, disappointment, I guess, when the Super Bowl comes, especially if your team's not playing in it, because you know it's the last football game until September. So, you know, you have one game in in February, and then, you know, the sports calendar dries up uh, pretty quickly, because even the the winter leagues go on their all-star breaks, and you know, uh, March Madness is still about a month away. So, yeah, I'm not a big uh, – the weather you know, in the Northeast is still bad. So, not not a big fan of, <laughs> yeah, the that's of
0: February. Yeah, that's the dark times, for sure. But it's a good thing we're not in February yet because this weekend is sneaky. <laughs> one of my favorite sports weekends of the year, especially you know, because it's, it's, Australian Open – that's just yeah, my yeah, favorite go. tournament it's, it's, it's because
1: – Late night degenerates. Yeah, so. they're,
0: they're playing at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. I'm sweating. Like, guys, I don't even fucking know. Can you get
1: an off it's day sloppy. on Monday with the Martin Luther King holiday to stay up for that?
0: Oh uh, Yeah, it's cool. I'm going to be absolutely dialed in just watching guys I've barely even heard of.
1: <laughs> well, we have, as we said, six games, as it, as it is the – I guess we can still call it new super wild card weekend format. Not the biggest fan of it, and uh, we'll get to these games uh, and break each one of them down. But obviously, in recent years, the uh, the seven seeds, that third wild card that they added, have not been all that competitive in the two seven games. And so, you know, the two seeds, you know, the teams that under the old format would have still had a buy, you know, it's kind of turned into a de facto buy with just the data points that we do have to look at. I believe the COVID season was the first year of this format. So um, although the Monday playoff game, I think started the year after, because I remember the first year it was Saturday, one four thirty eight, and then Sunday one four 30 and eight. Um, and yeah, yeah. why
0: they, I mean, I know why they did it. Obviously money standalone games on a Monday night when people aren't doing shit, but the three and three was so perfect. Yeah,
1: yeah sir. no, I I'm with you, and um, you know it, it. I I will get to the you know obviously Philly Tampa, but whether it's those two this year or by the way, uh, and this is something we can talk about next week if the winner of that game does go to San Fran. Uh, you talk about a bad spot. That game is Monday night in Tampa. The winner potentially having to go cross country to San Francisco with the Niners off two bye weeks.
0: Yeah, that is awful. So, you as an Eagles fan, you have to be rooting for the Rams then.
1: Oh, 100%. Or the Packers. The Packers Packers. as well. And, and, you know, we we will know that before Monday night. But, yeah, I, I don't like the Monday playoff game because I just don't think making a team play on a short week when the other, like, giving another team a rest advantage inherently is an advantage. Regard, like I don't think that should be a thing in the playoffs. But then when you look at the disparity that we might have in terms of rest with this year, if yeah, it is the box going out there, yeah. Especially so we'll when
0: you have guys like A.J. Brown already complaining about Monday night games and, like, weekday games and how it's such a disadvantage. Well, right. This, I'm, so I'm not yeah.
1: trying to, you know, make excuses. They've been bad, but um anyway let's get into it uh it's funny i worked in houston for a couple years and we have cleveland visiting houston and a lot of the people that i met down there called this this game it's the texans window because i feel like under bill o'brien they won the division quite a few times and you always found the texans hosting whoever it was on saturday at 4 30 to kick off the nfl playoffs. so here yeah, they I are can, back i the can ball. remember
0: that uh that one wasn't it was Deshaun Watson against the Colts. That was four thirty on Saturday. Watson against the Colts and Luck.
1: At a bar. When Luck was the comeback player of the year. Then if you remember, they it was a Sunday or Saturday four thirty game, Josh Allen's first playoff game in Houston, and Allen threw a bad pick down the stretch and uh Houston ended up winning. Buffalo should have won that game. Uh there was also a uh They played Kansas City one year and the Chiefs ran the opening kickoff of the playoffs back for a touchdown. So, yeah, for whatever reason, this is their moment in the sun, I guess, as uh, it does feel like. And, you know, we'll see moving forward if the Texans can play their way into a a bigger window in years ahead with, uh, obviously, C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans uh, doing a lot of good things. Probably the offensive rookie of the year and maybe the coach of the year in Ryans. Uh, but here they are as a home dog catching two against Cleveland, total of forty-four and a half. and a half. And, you know, I think we're kind of in alignment on the side, although I I don't love it. It's not a play on the Browns. But um, I, I do think that sidewise you have to look to Cleveland uh, because, you know, I hate to sound like, you know, talking head talk show person, but playoff experience this time of year. And listen, like, honestly, Joe Flacco does kind of look like somehow, some way, it looks like the guy that Baltimore had all those years and made a lot of deep playoff runs. So I don't think he'll be phased at all here by the moment. And, of course, uh, in the event, in, in the case of Stroud, uh, you know, it is his first playoff start. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, for sure uh, against I know the the splits are pretty drastic um, for Cleveland home road defensively, but uh, I still think it's a tall, tall, tall order for Stroud in the playoffs to kind of just keep the ball rolling the way he's been humming. And, you know, again, the playmakers are injured they' They got problems with their pass rushers being injured for Houston as well. So I don't love the spot for Houston, despite the fact that they are at home. And, you know, I, I think I saw a trend that, you know, short home dogs like Houston and Tampa this week in the playoffs, pretty good bets historically, Uh, You don't get a lot of home dogs in the playoffs. I mean, you know, usually it's like even teams or maybe the home team is the higher seed, So they're the better team. And so it is rare to see home playoff dogs. But that said, I don't love this. I don't love this spot for Houston. Uh, Here is a stat on uh, and this would apply to Stroud, Tua, Mason Rudolph and Jordan Love. Since 2002, quarterbacks making their first playoff start versus quarterbacks who have playoff experience. Seventeen thirty five and 1 against the spread. That's only a 32.7 cover rate. So, again, taking that angle, I think the stronger play, though, for me, uh, I, I'm probably going to look at the Texans team total under to just uh, find a way to fade stroud and expect reality to set in a little bit for a quarterback who otherwise has defied uh, the norms of being a rookie quarterback in the National Football League. You like this total, though, uh, so uh, tell me a little more why you like the over.
0: Yeah, I do like the over And one quick note, I would say in Stroud's defense, he has kind of defied all logic for rookie right, so quarterbacks. We'll look
1: the, the trend and, when he's like playing above all the right,
0: trends, exactly. I mean, that is a very significant trend, 32 percent, and it's a pretty sizable sample. But also like last week was a playoff game essentially on the road for him. And, you know, he looks pretty damn good. But, yeah, I'm I'm looking to the over. I'm going to kind of count on Stroud to continue. I don't really see them winning this game, but I do see them competing. We saw these two teams match up just a couple weeks ago, week 16 in Houston. And the Texans were able to muster 22 points. That's with, you know, several injuries on offense that we still see. That game landed 58. The splits for the Browns' defense is just outrageous. In nine home games, they've allowed 14 points per game on average, which is the lowest in the NFL. And then eight road games, they've allowed 30 points per game on average, which is tied for the highest in the NFL. Joe Flacco, playoff experience, you mentioned it. He's had five straight games with two-plus touchdowns. I kind of expect that to continue. And we saw the Colts just absolutely run all over Houston last week. Browns have that pretty decent one-two punch. Obviously, you know, strongly missing job. That's a huge loss, but I still think this tandem is good enough. I think Flacco's experienced enough to not turn the ball over, which can potentially kill him over. Just the, the defense is so concerning for Cleveland on the road. I think there's something to that. Obviously, eight games is not that small, the sample size, and we've seen worse offenses than this Texans one put up a good bit of points on this Cleveland team on the road.
1: So there it is a play on the over from Alex. Uh, and I lean to the team total under for Houston. And honestly, again, as we said, only 13 more po- football games. So leans become likes pretty easily uh, when you don't have a lot else to pick from. Uh, let's move forward and go to uh, Kansas city where the talk of uh, the week really in the NFL has been this weather in Kansas city, uh, wind chills, perhaps getting as cold as 30 below zero as the Miami dolphins t- are catching four and a half total of 43 and a half at DraftKings. And, uh, you know, listen, I hate to just align myself with the mainstream narrative that we have entering this game. But I mean, how can we ignore it? Uh, given that, uh, First off, these are just – I saw this too. I think it was Evan Abrams at Action Network. He does a lot of good research. Um, He had this, and I was like, that's – I mean, it makes sense, but it still kind of wowed me that collectively the Miami Dolphins, the last 20 years, are 15-42 and straight up when the temperature is below 50 degrees. Which, by the way, I mean, you know, again, we're Northeast guys. Like, I don't think – like Temperatures below 50, like I think you got to get below freezing for me to start to consider it cold, cold. Like If we're like 35 to 50, that's kind of like run of the mill weather this time of year in my eyes. Uh, And so the fact that the Dolphins just blindly have been so bad, even when it's below 50 degrees, the last 20 years, and they play in a division with the Pats and the Bills, and they just can't figure out how to play. And the Jets, and they can't figure out how to win enough in those elements. I I I don't get it. Um, because again, it's not like all their players. Yeah, they live there, but like, you know, NFL teams have players from all over the country and all over the world in some cases. So the fact that it could be that drastic. Did surprise me a little bit. So again, that's 15 and 42 straight up the last 20 years. The Dolphins, when it's below 50 degrees, when it's below 40 degrees, it gets more jarring eight and 19 straight up. Uh, And just as we bring it to present day, two is three coldest starts. uh, These were all games below 40. 0 and three straight up one and two against the spread. One of those games was against the Titans. And another and the other two were against the Bills. And, you know, obviously, Kansas City, you got it at three, which, you know, kudos to you. That's that's where at, at that short of a number, you start talking about the Mahomes trend uh, as, you know, a favorite of three or less or a dog. He's just automatic. Um, I, You know, and listen, like, I also think we have a couple of rematches this weekend from the regular season. Um, between uh, Cleveland and Houston uh, and this game and Philly and Tampa, Um, but Kansas City won I mean, it got kind of interesting in the Munich game in November, but they were able to win, I think, by seven on a neutral field in Germany, and so now we're laying four and a half on their field in bad conditions for the Dolphins. It just feels like it's a smash spot for Kansas City. On top of all the weather stuff, it's just situationally a great look to hit the Chiefs as well. Um they've obviously been at home all week practicing in the cold in Kansas City, knowing how these elements, you know, that they're the team used to them, but also they're coming out of a de facto bye week. You know, they played last week, but they sat all their guys and yeah, they didn't know their opponent, but We talked about it before we jumped on Kansas City, probably putting some things into their playbook already for the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I know the we can't file this into the Andy Reid off a buy trends, but I think some of those principles probably apply when you're giving Big Red a little bit more time to cook a few things up in his offensive repertoire. We talked about it. Not a game where we think the CLV really comes into play. You always want the better number, but Miami really feels like a team that might tap out here. And, um, you know, if they get behind, uh, it's hard for me to see them coming back, even though it is a playoff game. Yeah, you got the Tyreek Hill revenge angle if you're into that, but uh, I just don't see Miami. You know, also, by the way, Miami last couple weeks. Um, I, it feels like maybe that Baltimore loss was more than just one loss. Like they're playing for the one seed maybe against the Ravens. They get crushed in Baltimore. And then despite that last week, they could still be the two seed. They let the game slip away against the bills. And now they fall all the way to the six seed. Like it kind of feels like the wheels are falling off a little for the dolphins. So it's absolutely Chiefs cheap surpass. I'm going to get there. Kansas city minus four and a half. I think we're still good.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love love the Chiefs in this spot. I wouldn't be afraid to lay the four and a half right now. I feel like this is a game where Miami somehow wins, you know, due to several Mahomes turnovers or they get absolutely blown out, you know, lose by seven or more. Definitely not afraid to lay it. You nailed it with the weather and then you know, Miami, this is just what they do is lose to good teams. Two is 3-7-1 and one against the spread in neutral or road games against 500 or better teams. That's the Chiefs on the road. Terrible, brutal conditions. I'm seeing, like, single-degree temperatures, and it's right. going to feel like negative degrees. I mean, just brutal to go from Miami to that, where it's probably like 70 degrees right now, and now you're going on the road into those kind of conditions. And then you have the Dolphins injury report, super concerning. It was concerning last week, and it's gotten worse. You mentioned it. The wheels do feel like they've kind of completely fallen off. I feel like this team has unraveled just via injury and then just playing good teams down the stretch. And, you know, this Dolphins team is just kind of mediocre. They beat the shit out of the bad teams. You know, they hang 70, and then when Mahomes – Josh Allen last week turns the ball over three times, basically giving that game away, and the Dolphins just could not convert. Looking at the injury report, Dolphins secondary, pretty banged up. You have two starting safeties, Deshaun Elliott, Javon Holland, both didn't practice today. Both are questionable. Starting corner, Xavion Howard out. You got Raheem Mostert questionable, Waddle questionable. Tyreek was limited today, but that's been kind of – Him the last, you know, several weeks and he's been playing, I I don't think there's a concern there, but, you know, Waddle, a big concern. And if he doesn't go, then they can just double up on Tyreek. You know, Kansas City got a pretty strong front, good rushing defense. I think they can bottle this up. It really comes down to can the Chiefs make plays? Like, can their guys catch the fucking ball? If they can, I I think this will be a blowout. Having those defensive backs for Miami – potentially not playing or if they do, how effective will they be? I think that will help a ton, you know, with this lack of weapons that Mahomes has. It's just a matter of if these guys can make plays and I'm betting that they do. I think they will. I think they win this game pretty convincingly.
1: Yeah. You know, the more we think about it and, and you bring up a lot of good points there with the dolphins injury report. And as we've uh, discussed at the end of the regular season on this pod, like that's been something that has been problematic for Miami down the stretch of the regular season has been the injury report and it just feels like at least so far to uh you know Mike McDaniel this this whole regime of Miami Dolphins football the roster is good on paper when they put it together they look really good but they need everything clicking in terms of health, environment, opponent and it does we have yet to really see the dolphins kind of rise above some adverse circumstances and um, you know, you have a lot of things, you know, working against them here in terms of, as you said, the injury report, the spot, you know, given the rest advantage for Kansas city and dolphins having played a physical four quarter game on Sunday night football last week, traveling short week. Like it, it feel like if one of these things was against Miami that it could be enough for them to lose a game. Now we're talking about like two or three factors that are working against the Dolphins. And it just doesn't feel like they're the kind of team that rises above those things, at least not yet.
0: Yeah, I I think you nailed it. I think there's just way too many things working against them right now. And I think they're getting a lot of respect based on this line. I, you know, I think this should be maybe closer to six, especially opening Three just felt way too Yeah, worse. you're right.
1: Yeah. Again, you hit it right away. Three was a bad open, I feel like, on this. Because, you know, I know we say that home field is not worth three anymore, but Arrowhead's probably one that's still worth two, two and a half. So.
0: Yeah, I think that has to be one of the like five that actually matters.
1: Right. And so if we say Arrowhead's worth two, two and a half as is then you factor in all the other things we discussed in terms of weather helping the chiefs Kansas city being healthier, Kansas city with more rest, like you can get to a bigger number than that open anyway. And and as we said, four and a half still might not be enough. So um, agreement for sure on the Kansas city side, let's go to the first of the three games on Sunday in Western New York, Uh, talking about weather feels like, Anytime it's, gosh, I don't know, November or later in Buffalo, you might have some weather to discuss as part of your handicap. Uh, high winds uh, coming into play here for the Dolphin, excuse me, the Bills and the Steelers uh, at, in Orchard Park. Seen the number tick down a little bit. Some money it looks like on Pittsburgh is just down to nine and a half, a total of thirty five and a half. That's really where the heavy movement lied on from the open of i think forty three forty three and a half so north of a touchdown, this number has moved on the total to where now we're in the mid thirties and you know at a certain point we were talking about it you got to buy back in and plug your nose on the over, and that's what I'm doing, and you like it too. I got a bad number unfortunately I'm at thirty seven and a half, but I just think that really with I guess I'll start with the side without TJ Watt. You can't bet the Steelers. I don't, I don't think because it's, you know, he's one of the most valuable non quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, One in six straight up two, four and one ATS. The last two seasons are the Steelers without TJ Watt. Uh, But I think that kind of factors in. And also by the way, Buffalo, like, I don't know that you run to the window and lay it with because You look at Buffalo while the Bills, you know, uh, you know, I feel like we were we were saying this, that the Bills were going to if they were a wild card and now they've won the division. But it was the Bills and the Rams. And those were the two potential wild cards where it was like, you don't want to play them if you're in their conference. Like they're the scariest wild cards of all time. And I just look at the way. And with Buffalo, it's because they ended the year on, I think, a five-game winning streak. Because I think, yeah, they finished 11-6 and after starting 6-6. and They haven't lost since that Jalen Hurts keeper in overtime in Philly. But you look at the five wins. They win by three on the road against Kansas City with the whole Kadarius-Tony fiasco. They clobber Dallas. That was really impressive. Although we talk about Dallas a lot being one of those home-road teams and, you know, Dallas going up into the cold in Buffalo didn't go well for the Cowboys. Then, you know, they just kind of hang, you know, let the Chargers, excuse me, hang around in that Saturday night game before Christmas. They don't cover against New England at home. And then last week they're losing for what? Three quarters. And then they come back and beat Miami. So yeah, they won five in a row, but it didn't feel all that convincing in the process. And we were still getting, the weekly Josh Allen turnover, sometimes more than one. And so that's really also what leads me on the over. I think we're going to get whether it's Rudolph, you know, being a playoff rookie or Allen just doing what Allen does. I, I kind of think Allen's a little overrated for this reason. Like, I, I get it. He's got a big arm and, you know, it, it looks great when he hits digs for Gabe Davis for a big play um, and he can do some things. God given ability that not a lot of people have, but I just don't. I don't get how he's this late in his career. I say late in his career as if he's like a 15-year veteran, but he's been in the league for five, six years, whatever it is now. And he's still turning the ball over too much for my liking. I want my quarterback making better decisions. So we talked about it. We expect there to be probably at least one turnover for each team in this game. And we're kind of betting on it being, you know, a flip the field type turnover where, Uh, You know, uh, uh, the team that comes away with the takeaway gets a short field as a result, which just gives us an easy seven. Uh, And I also just think Pittsburgh here, like it's, as I mentioned, Buffalo, it's kind of built into their offense where any given play, like Allen could throw the ball 80 yards and they could hit a big play. But I think if you're Pittsburgh, maybe early. And as I'm saying this, I'm kind of like thinking maybe George Pickens' first touchdown might be interesting. Because last week, Chris Fowler, Dan Orlovsky, and Lewis Riddick had the game against Baltimore. And they kept talking about how Pickens hasn't been targeted. Pickens hasn't been targeted. I think if you're Pittsburgh, nothing to lose. You come out, first play of the game, early on, you take a shot. And you just say, what the hell? Because why not? Because the defense for Buffalo is probably all game going to be selling out to stop the run. So I think that probably lends itself more towards an early game angle. But I do think in general, Pittsburgh should take some chances here. They have nothing to lose. And so if you're taking chances, we like that for overs. The weather, again, it's, it's concerning to still take it. But the market has spoken. And I'm going to join team buyback and go over the total in this first game on Sunday.
0: And isn't it just way more fun to bet overs? I I love them both, but you know, rooting for points, especially See, first I don't game know of the though because unders Sunday. your
1: bet is winning until it's losing, and I know, overs I you're losing love, until it's winning. I'd rather be winning until I'm losing.
0: <laughs> I agree. I personally love it. Unders. I I think the sweat is way more fun when you're (laughs) rooting for, you know, basically nothing to happen where like every first down you're like, oh fuck. And then you're calculating your head at every single point. But yeah, I like, I like the over. you mentioned the turnovers. I think we'll see several and it really just comes down to where do these occur on the field? If these, you know, occur in your own end, then it's probably going over. And if they occur in the red zone, it's probably going under as simple as that is. That's what we saw last week against the Dolphins, where Allen had that one red zone interception and then a fumble, and that takes, you know, points completely off the board, and then that game soared under. So I think both teams can make enough plays here. The Watt injury is super concerning. I would lean Pittsburgh getting the 10. I think that they can keep this close. You know, it's generally an auto play if you see such a low total and you're getting double digits. I did see this tick down a bit. Looks like it's nine and a half now on DraftKings. Will this go lower or does it get bet right back up? Minka should be back, full participant today. And then their other starting safety, Casey, will be playing. He was suspended against the Colts for that hit on Pittman. So that should help a little bit in the secondary, which might you know, help mitigate a little bit of the Watt loss because, you know, Watt makes the secondary so much better, getting pressure. The secondary for the Pittsburgh is really bad. We've seen that time and time again. They could get absolutely burned here, but that wind might help them keep it a little closer. I do think both teams have plenty of weapons. I think they're going to each run the ball really successfully. I just think 36 and a half now, it's just way too low something to consider though if you're looking to the side looks like dion dawkins did not practice today with an illness and then also dawson knox just popped up on the injury report today as well didn't practice with an illness so might be a little something going on in buffalo i don't know it's something worth monitoring i i just think both teams are gonna find success and then also i'm counting on several turnovers to make this uh Go over this really, really low total.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does. You know, it, it, it just this this has got to be. I'd be curious off the top of my head, though. I feel like this might be the lowest total in the history of Josh Allen on the Bills, right? Like,
0: I mean, it has to be right. It has. And to if be. you are looking to Buffalo, you know that trend you mentioned at the top of the show. Obviously, Mason Rudolph is. He's not a rookie, but he's the least, you know, the least experienced quarterback in the entire playoffs.
1: Yeah, and listen, I know I know you're a Steelers fan, but like I I also feel like the idea that Mason Rudolph is anything more than just a guy that came into a situation and did enough to win a couple games, like I think that's what he is. Like I I don't think he should be the Steelers quarterback in 2024. And I, I, I I'm i not actually buying this as like any kind of like late arrival to the NFL from Mason Rudolph.
0: No, but it is wild that Kenny Pickett's, you know, fully healthy and it's not yeah. even being remotely discussed whether he should give it a go or not. This is, it's just riding the hot hand.
1: You know, it'll be interesting. Are they going to are they going to hire a new OC in the off season or are they going to keep the interim? Because I feel like maybe if they maybe hire question. another one, do they give pickett one more chance? I don't know.
0: I think they probably have to just being a first round pick. I'm more curious to see what Tomlin does now that there's rumors rumbling that he's going to step down, step away for a year. I don't know what that means at all. Sounds like something personal maybe, but yeah, you know, that's a it's a concern for you know it's funny
1: too. Year. Um, I you know I, I would probably and I don't if you want to throw Buffalo in a teaser. Uh, I I think it's probably safe. Like I'm not saying Pittsburgh's gonna win this game, but I do think it's funny how if Pittsburgh somehow were to pull an upset here, and I don't know if T.J. Watt would be able to play next week, but they'd be playing the Ravens and then. Next week, we'd be giving them a much better chance, I feel like, than anyone's giving them now, and the Ravens are the one seed, and the Bills are the two seed.
0: <laughs> That's actually a wild point that I didn't even consider, because that line will be lower too, right? Just the familiarity, NFC or AFC North, like, they wouldn't be double-digit underdogs, especially right. if they pulled this upset. But it's just wild, because we think of the Ravens as you know, one of the, if not the best, the second best team in football, and if Pittsburgh were to play them, it would be a way shorter line. I mean.
1: Right. Yeah. So just some food for thought, and you know, definitely um, makes me kind of hope if Pittsburgh could somehow do it, I just just to see what that line would be. But anyway, uh, let's get to the other two seven game: the Dallas Cowboys hosting the new, or excuse me, the Green Bay Packers, the Cheeseheads, traveling to Big D. And it's the Packers catching seven, total of 50 and a half. And this is my best bet of the week. I like the Chiefs a lot, but I also really like the Packers. Uh, This is just a pure, like, playoff pressure spot. And the two sides of the pressure spectrum could not be more opposite. You look at Green Bay, and they're coming in. Their season's a success. They got to the playoffs in the first year post-Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love might be their guy, and maybe they have just done it again in America's Dairyland and transitioned from one quarterback to the next, and in and, and, you know, 10, 15 years, Jordan Love will still be the quarterback for the Packers. He played really well down the stretch, and honestly, I've as somebody that was high on the Packers in the futures market, I missed on my win the North ticket, but I did get home on the – playoffs with their win last week. I'm not that surprised to see love get better and this whole offense kind of improve a lot in the second half, because one of the things that I always kind of fought against was that the Packers weren't trying to help whoever was the quarterback and everybody kind of glossed over the wide receivers because they weren't big names out of big schools. But I think we've seen whether it's Watson Dobbs or Jaden Reed, like they've got enough playmakers on top of, obviously, Aaron Jones now healthy again. Um, And so I I think this is a Green Bay offense that the numbers down the stretch in the second half are no fluke. Uh, They scored, I have it in my notes here, uh, 83 points in the last three games of the regular season, Um, and they won all three of those games and also won six out of seven down the stretch to make the playoffs. Uh, Really, it felt like the turning point for them was that Thanksgiving win in Detroit. And I also think that game's interesting from a pricing standpoint in comparison with this game, because the Packers were catching seven and a half in that game on Thanksgiving and they won outright. And, you know, if you think about it, like I'm not saying that the line's wrong, like Dallas and Detroit probably power rate out about the same. Um, But I think it goes to show you that, yes, like green Bay absolutely uh, can go in there and, be competitive here for four quarters and listen I know everybody's gonna talk about the Dallas home stuff and you know they just score a ton of points at home but let's look at their last three games at home they beat Seattle in a shootout didn't cover okay they beat the Eagles covered that game but obviously we've seen the problems the Eagles have had the last six seven weeks and then they should have lost outright didn't cover against Detroit and oh by the way only scored 20 points in that Saturday night home game against the lions. So um, point is, I think some of that Dallas home stuff is a little bit more inflated on, you know, Thanksgiving, Dallas smoked the commanders. They beat up on the giants at home. I don't know that they just run right through the Packers. They're going to score, but I also think green Bay will score. So I think it probably correlates to the over. If you like the total Uh, 50 and a half is a high total, but I, Definitely think Green Bay will score, and I don't think Dallas no-shows here. But again, my stronger players on the side, Dallas 3-12-1 against the spread the last 16 playoff games. And I think this just sets up for another Cowboys choke job. We all know about it's been three decades since they made the conference championship, and the setup could not lay out, lay itself out any better for the Cowboys to get to the conference championship game this year. They got to win two home games and they're at the and maybe, you know, if Sam Fran gets upset in the division round, then they host the conference championship game. So with all of that kind of laying itself out for the Cowboys, it just feels like a typical. How about them Cowboys choke spot here? I think this. so. Basically, coming into the week, I thought. Yeah, I like the way Green Bay is trending. I think they can keep this close. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, if they keep this close, I'm gonna moneyline the Packers because in the fourth quarter, give me Matt LaFleur over Mike McCarthy in the guts of the game. And so I think the Packers are very live here. I think this is a game that blows up teasers and moneyline parlays for the week. Packers, plus a seven and a half, and I'm gonna play that moneyline as well.
0: I'm completely with you. I love it. I feel like if you like the dog, you got to sprinkle some of these money lines as well. You mentioned it. This is probably the biggest coaching mismatch of the weekend. McCarthy just perennially makes some of the worst decisions you'll see. And you have to think it creeps in their head just being so unsuccessful in the playoffs. I found this trend. It was pretty funny, not really actual, but Yeah, we love to shit on the Cowboys. Since (laughs) 1997, the Cowboys are 3-12-1 against the spread in the playoffs. Just not good. Dak, 1-5 against the spread in the playoffs. This is just a team that always finds a way to shoot themselves in the foot. They just can never get over the hump. Could this be the time? Could this be the team? On paper, you certainly think so. I don't really think Mike McCarthy's the coach to get them over that, but the players might be able to do it in spite of him. This is just a really stacked roster, offense and defense, something we haven't really seen from the Cowboys in the past. But I'm with you. This just feels like way too many points. I was kind of shocked when this opened seven and the hook. We've seen it get bet down a bit. It's down to seven, which I think, Makes a lot more sense. I still think that's too high, getting a touchdown. This feels more like a six-point type of game. So I loved getting the seven-and-a-half. I'm completely with you. I'm going to sprinkle the money line as well. I certainly could see the Packers keeping this close. They obviously have enough weapons on offense to do so. We've seen Jordan Love just playing out of his mind down the stretch. I love this. Love the Packers here.
1: One concern, not enough for me to get off the Packers because, again, a lot of my – pro Packers position is surrounded on the heels of their offense being pretty good. Uh, Jair Alexander did have a little freak thing pop up. It seems like in practice yesterday and did not practice Thursday. So uh, and conversely for Dallas, uh, Stephon Gilmore didn't practice Wednesday, but was upgraded to a limited participant on Thursday. So uh, something to monitor with Jair Alexander, uh, if you play props, uh, certainly could be uh, something to look at if uh, for C.D. Lamb. Uh, but I, I still like the Packers. Again, I, I think they're going to score. And, uh, you know, two offensive-minded coaches. LaFour's had a lot of success in the playoffs. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting uh, to consider this, too. I thought about this, too. If Green Bay wins, they go to San Fran. And just doesn't it feel like the Packers and Niners always find each other in the playoffs? I go back to when Jim Harbaugh was the Niners' coach, Kaepernick was the quarterback. The Niners won a playoff game in Lambeau. Um, you know, then there was an NFC Championship game that the Niners like they ran the ball like every play. I think Garoppolo threw it like eight times, and the Niners smoked the Packers in Santa Clara, and then just recently in Lambeau. Uh, the Niners like, couldn't get a first down. It was like really cold, and they got a special teams touchdown, and, and they ended up stealing one uh, in the playoffs. I think that was two years ago before losing to the Rams in the conference championship game. So just something I thought, you know, no rhyme or reason to it, but would be kind of fun if the Packers and Niners found each other again.
0: It's just the, the script writers. I thought they had... <laughs> A good setup this week with all these, you know, McCarthy revenge game, Tyreek Hill revenge game, Stafford, Goff, But if the Niners and Packers could meet up again, that would be something special.
1: Yeah. And gosh, it would have been you could have added Deshaun Watson to that script if he was healthy playing against Houston.
0: That's right. And then those teams just meet up all the time. It's it's weird. It's certainly yeah. very uh, interesting. Yeah, it does. It, it's <laughs> a little thing in the back of the mind, I would say, for sure.
1: All right. Well, let's get to the game that I, I feel like was being talked about a lot the last couple of weeks is once the, you know, playoff picture in the NFC began to crystallize. And that was the possibility of Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit to take on his old buddies, the Lions. Lions laying three total of fifty one and a half. I don't know what to do with this one because the Rams do feel like the public dog of the week. Uh, but I can't argue with it on the basis that we know Sam Laporta is not gonna be there for Detroit. That's the safety blanket stud over the middle of the field for Jared Goff. But I just want to like push back on this narrative a little bit about like listen, like Savage seems like a cool dude. It worked out, he won the Super Bowl. Um with the Rams but uh, golf like does that not feel like the bigger angle here in terms of a revenge spot like the Rams got to a Super Bowl with Goff and still said no we don't think we can win the Super Bowl with you and they were right because they won with Stafford but I don't know like I just wanted to get that out there like if I'm Goff, like I'm this is like the biggest game of my career
0: Oh, absolutely. They definitely quit on him. I I don't think there's any ill will for Stafford. I love just throwing around the revenge, the revenge thing, like it actually (laughs) matters and these guys even consider it. I think there's more ill will for Lions fans to Stafford that he, you know, left and found a ton of success. I'm sure they're pissed. I saw people saying that they're not going to let them wear their, their Stafford jerseys into the building and like, his wow. wife's commenting on it yeah i mean i think stafford doesn't care at all he's probably happy to go back and probably wants to beat him after you know not allowing them to wear jerseys or whatever yeah listen to i mean it's
1: gonna be a crazy it's crowd probably, there i mean i'm sure if you're just like a football fan in michigan you've done nothing but celebrate all week after the national championship game and now this first lions home playoff game in 30 years and um, in terms
0: of like um uh, discrepancy you have to think this is like 90, 10. like Rams fans, LA Rams fans, they don't really exist in general. Yeah. <laughs> so then to expect any of them to travel to Detroit, this might be like 99%. There might be like five Rams jerseys in the entire building.
1: In the entire building. I was going to say, because for the few Rams fans that do exist, what person that lives in Southern California is like, you know what? I should travel to Detroit in January.
0: Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, the other way around. Yeah, a ton of people would probably go to L.A. This isn't really a destination spot. This would be, like, right. like nobody's traveling to Pittsburgh in the middle of the, the winter either. Like These yeah. are just – only the home fans are going to be out there in full force.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, here's a fun little bit. Which number is higher, Dolphins jerseys at Arrowhead or Rams jerseys at this game?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's tough. I'm going to say there won't be a single Dolphins jersey. Because that one's outside. <laughs> well, maybe. Right, right. At least this one, you might get, you know, five to ten people. Dolphins, you <laughs> might see, like, one day in Marina. Nobody's traveling from Miami to that. Yeah, the, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great point about these. The travel discrepancy is massive. And then also, like, the weather factor in Kansas City. There's not going to be any opposing fans. So that you got to think that's the biggest home field advantage by far this week.
1: So like, Pittsburgh know, to
0: Buffalo, not I mean, that's like know, three several hours, several hours, right? Like they like, certainly will get a bunch of Steelers That's yeah, not just, that.
1: That's not bad.
0: Like, yeah, I mean the weather. Like shitty people in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh are afraid of too. Buffalo
1: weather. Like they have right. their own weather. Exactly,
0: it's like the same exact. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, no, as we bring it back to just some actionable stuff on this game, I feel like the Rams are good enough to go on a little bit of a run here. Like, they have some players, like their D-linemen that aren't Aaron Donald have actually been pretty good, and that has allowed Donald to still obviously play pretty well. Puka Nakua, if it weren't for C.J. Stroud, would have ran away with the offensive rookie of the year. And so what? The, I give the Rams credit in that like I was somebody that was highly critical of the fact that they just traded first round picks away. Like it was going out of style, but first off they won the super bowl in in part because of that. Cause uh, Jalen Ramsey and Stafford were like big deals for them, but then they've been able to stay competitive. Cause I think they have a first in this coming draft and they've been able to stay competitive through it because they've been getting hits on their late round picks, most notably Nakua. So I think the Rams – like, I'd be – we talk about storylines. Like, if it's not the Packers going to San Fran to play the Niners again in the playoffs, like, McVay-Shanahan in the playoffs next week, if we got that, would be really, like, lick-your-chops kind of stuff. Um, And I do think, like, they have the ingredients. Like, I was listening to another podcast, and they were saying – if you like the Rams as like a futures play, if you think they can make a run, you should bet them in the futures market, not money line rollover, like bet them to win the Super Bowl because there's going to be a biggest threat, like the change in price and and perception. If the Rams go in and win this game will be more seismic than just like a one week change. So I, 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 I guess what I'm saying is I'm not articulating it well, but I do think that the Rams are a very interesting team. And I understand why people were saying you don't want to play them. But I also think Lions, again, the crowd at home, you know, Dan Campbell, the ultra aggressive coach, like if some of that stuff pays off, the Lions could roll. And, you know, the total's high, but Goff loves the dome. Stafford going back there, like I I would not want to play the under. So I think I'm going to sit on the sidelines here. I think it's a really fun game to watch. I know you got the hook with the Rams, which I think is definitely nice to have in your back pocket because I do think this could be a game where the number is pretty close. Like This feels like a very entertaining game, and it goes down to the bitter end. And so I think I'm just going to sit it out.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's going to be super entertaining. I did see that three-and-a-half are in the week, and I just felt like I had to grab it from a numbers standpoint. I thought this would tick down more. it's gotten to three, I thought this was honestly going to go to two-and-a-half or under. You know, it still could, being that it's standalone on Sunday. I'm sure a lot of people will come in. They, um, but I'm with you. I, I think these teams are really evenly matched. I honestly think the Rams might be slightly bettered. Top to bottom, just in terms of their defensive front, I think is really strong. And I think their secondary is slightly better. I think the line secondary is a really, really bad unit. You mentioned a little Porter injury. Also, Khalif Raymond injured in that game as well in garbage time. Dan Campbell, just such a fucking bonehead idiot. He's such that hard-ass.
1: It's like, we play every minute no matter what, like, They are playing for
0: fucking nothing and they lose arguably the best tight end in the league. You know, he's not officially out, but he didn't practice today, which doesn't look good at all. And he was carted off the field. I'd be shocked if he went and he's one of their best weapons. Now also likely down their, their third wide receiver that puts a ton of pressure on this, this run game against, you know, Aaron Donald in that front. I think that'll be neutralized a bit, which puts even more pressure on Goff. Granted, He's absolutely incredible. At home in the dome, he's 25 and eight against the spread last three seasons indoors. That's just, he just thrives in these conditions. I think this will be a super competitive game where, you know, it could come down to three. I think getting that three and a half is a good look. I I could see the Rams winning this outright. This is McVay where he thrives for whatever reason. He's just a really good coach in the eastern time zone, fifteen and six straight up.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot we have that going here. And yeah,
0: uh it's, it's always a know, good one.
1: We we talked about a little with Kansas City. Um and I think for the Rams too, like the rested starters, like and, and and they kind of thought they were probably playing the Lions, like there was a chance they could have dropped to seven and played the Cowboys, but I'm sure McVay was, you know, the mad scientist that he is, was kind of coming up with stuff for the playoffs. I'm sure he wasn't like, yo, Carson Wentz, I got a whole bunch of shit I want you to do against the Niners in this exhibition game, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, you know he was cooking. He's going to be super prepared for this, as he always is. I think this is one of the more fun games. One
1: good thing about these later games, at least for this one, is that with people having off work, On Monday, like I'm okay with this game being in this time slot. You knew the Cowboys were going to be Sunday at 430. Like, that's just like the Cowboys window. Um, And I didn't even think about the Swifties and subscribing to Peacock. But once I saw that, I was like, okay, like, I guess the Chiefs are going to be Saturday night. This game being Sunday night with uh, everybody having off on Monday, I feel like uh, I'll allow it. I'll just say that because in general. I don't like – like, we complain all the time about the Super Bowl Sunday night. Like, everybody should have off Monday. Well, now we're playing primetime playoff games. Like, what the hell, NFL? Like, can you not be so about money just once? Like, it just – I don't know. Like, playoff games can't be ending at midnight Eastern.
0: No. I agree. But, you know, you mentioned the day off and if people are really looking for action they don't like a side, just take the over. This is going to be this is going to be a shootout. I think I, this I, is I, super yeah, high I scoring.
1: Think, yeah.
0: Just I mean, blindly take it and have some fun. And I know that trend, like, to score. To, prime
1: Primetime unders with totals of like 51 or higher are pretty good, but I would not. Yeah, it's not a game. I want yeah. the under. In. And
0: also, I saw that. Uh, wild card weekend unders are hitting at like fifty nine percent. I
1: heard that but too. But just
0: looking at these games, I just like almost all of them over. I just think there's going to be a ton of scoring, and then I think there's a lot of injury concerns. If we're willing for to several bet several teams,
1: Bills Steelers over, then yeah, <laughs> I think we have to like. Yeah, you got
0: to think this in in perfect conditions, and then Cowboys Packers perfect conditions. Yeah, but we will we will look at one more under.
1: That's right. And we will wrap up on Monday night with what is as for as much as we talk about the uh the matchups and how exciting this this, this card is. This is undoubtedly the worst game of the week with Tampa really the worst team of the fourteen that made the playoffs and Philadelphia just Uh, A a total real dumpster fire, it feels like right now. I mean, I think we all knew that there was a lot of noise behind the 10-1 and record and the luck that the Eagles were having. But to fall this far, where you lose at home as a double-digit favorite against Arizona, you don't even compete against the Giants last week when you're playing at the same time as the Cowboys. And, you know, for at least a little bit there, you would have thought, okay, you play hard, see what's going on in the Cowboys game, maybe you can win the division. Now, the Eagles, like appeared to have quit on Nick Sirianni. So I don't want any any part of this side because, you know, it is right now. It looks like Philly laying two and a half on the road. Uh, total in this game is sitting at – actually, it looks like DraftKings has gone to three. Total of 43 and a half. And, uh, you know, I think it was like one and a half, two to start the week, and it got bed up, and part of me thought – Maybe it was pros that were betting the Eagles just on the numbers saying, like, this is the time to buy low on the Eagles, which, like, I get it. Like, pros can't, like, think emotionally and tie themselves to recency biases. Um, But I just think the stronger play, the much stronger play is to go under 43 and a half because the injury report here for both teams offensively just doesn't look that good. The hurts, like, there's stuff about him not being able to throw the ball downfield that well with this injury that he's dealing with AJ Brown knee injury of some sort. I don't think it's an ACL, but he didn't practice on Thursday. So might not see him on Monday night, Devonta Smith and Deandre Swift appear to be trending back in the right direction. But honestly, Swift playing might, you know, lend Philly towards going more run heavy. If they have Swift back and they know that Hurst is a little limited with how much he can throw the ball down the field. So, I think that Philly kind of tries to protect hurts. And also, by the way, one other thing that made me like this under um, this time of year, we always hear about coordinators interviewing for head coaching jobs. Brian Johnson, the OC for Philly, is has the Carolina and Tennessee have requested permission to interview Brian Johnson. So makes me wonder a little bit about where his head's at as somebody that only just last year got promoted to the offensive coordinator role for the Eagles. Now he's thinking, Oh, I could be a head coach. Like is his full mental energy into game prepping for Tampa. Um, By the way, I also kind of like that as a fade Dallas angle, maybe Dan Quinn, eyeing up that Seattle job going back there, replacing Pete Carroll should have mentioned that. But anyway, yeah, I don't think the Eagles have, um, you know, a a full complement of offensive uh x plays let's say here and i think that they look to kind of and with how bad philly's defense has been recently it would might serve their best interest to try and play a ball control type of game and then for tampa on offense baker mayfield rib injury i think a shoulder injury was the other thing so um you know, he didn't practice Thursday. Sounds like he's gonna try and
0: cut it out. Ankle and ribs did not practice. Ankle he's gonna ribs. play. You know he'll you know he'll
1: so play. he'll play because he's like a tough guy and you know he's the dog mentality that Baker has. But if the quarterback's far from a hundred percent for the other team, then yeah, again, I don't see either team really putting up a lot of points. Worth noting, again, we talk about some rematches this weekend from the regular season. It was a long time ago now, but Week 3, 25-11, Philly wins. And the defense for Philly really blanketed Baker. So if there is something that Philly's defense, as bad as it's been the last five, six weeks, if there's something they can hang their heads on, they can probably look at that game tape from the Week 3 game in Tampa and say, you well, know, here's what we can do. It looks like Darius Slay will return in the secondary for Philly 2, which would help against Mike Evans. Under 43.5 in a game that could be pretty ugly and we talk about the winner maybe having to go to San Fran on a short week cross country travel with the Niners off two buys like good luck if that's the situation but uh this is this might be the worst game of the playoffs i don't see a lot of points here i go under
0: yeah i absolutely love it i think this totals way too high even without injury concerns these are just two of the more vanilla offenses in the NFL and just Not very good as of late. I mean, the Eagles defense does struggle, but this is a a Tampa team that put up nine points against the Carolina Panthers, who had absolutely nothing but pride to play for. I think these are just two bad teams. You mentioned the Baker injury. You know he's going to gut it out. You know he's going to get absolutely crushed and then be injured. Worse the entire game and he won't come out or they'll have to consider going to the backup Kyle Trask mid game, which will be an absolute disaster. But, you know, Baker won't let him take him out. He's a tough guy. He's going to grit through it. He's going to be super ineffective. You got to hope that the Philly secondary can hold up a little bit. Maybe Slay can, you know, go back to what he once was and kind of shadow Mike Evans a bit. I think the the Eagles pass rush will be good enough to get to Baker and, you know, render him less effective than he should be. He's a lot better when he has a ton of time. You mentioned Swift and also the Tampa run game is pretty solid as well. I think both teams are going to want to control the clock, run both these guys a ton.
1: And And, and also, like, if you're Tampa... That's like the game script that Baker, that one playoff run that he went on with Cleveland, where they beat the Steelers and then they almost beat the Chiefs and Arrowhead. Like, I mean, pretty much his whole tenure in Cleveland, he was successful with the adequate run game, kind of allowing him to get in good down in distances. So, right, was, not was having to do look too much. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I, I agree. This This might be where you also. Look at some props like Rashad White over rushing attempts or, you know, receptions. I think he's going to be a massive part of this game plan with the Eagles trying to shut down those wide receivers. I really like the under. I think this is a great look.
1: A lot of agreement this week, which is always good because it's not many games left, as we said. He's Alex Uplinger at Alex underscore up seven at full underscore slate underscore pod manages our podcast account. I'm Greg Frank at undercover Greg at G underscore Frank six. Appreciate everybody for hanging out with us on a wild card weekend. Enjoy the games, enjoy some beers, whatever else is on the agenda on this holiday weekend. Of course, with that extra day off on Monday, Alex, good to chat, my man. And uh, we'll do it again for the divisional round next week.
0: Absolutely. Best of luck.
1: All right. He's Alex Uplinger. I'm Greg Frank. This has been full slate a podcast by degenerates for degenerates We'll talk to you next week and of course, please play responsibly.